Good morning. Good morning. The time is now 10.09 a.m. And we are going to get this meeting of September the 14th, 2017 to order. I would like to have the Pledge of Allegiance led by none other than our fabulous Michael Udine. It is customary in these chambers that we observe a moment of silence to recognize men and women serving our country, both here and abroad. We also would like to have a moment of silence to recognize the eight persons from Hollywood Rehabilitation Center that passed after Hurricane Irma. Additionally, we had a community partner and leader someone who was uh, passionate about making Broward County great. And um, we lost a pillar of our community, Mr. Terry Stiles. And so we would like to observe a moment of silence for those individuals. And with that, I'm going to ask the commission, do you have any other individuals to recognize? Commissioner Lamarca? Um, if anybody's ever been to or spent any time on the Gulf Ocean Mile, um, and uh, the issues that affect that community. Uh, we lost a, uh, a sage to that community who is now out and uh, had, had retired and moved out to Arizona. Her name was uh, Rose Gutman. Um, and Rose was 99 years old, um, a tremendous advocate for, for that area. Um, and to second also uh, what the mayor said, uh, we lost somebody that treated everybody who worked in his company uh, the same as he treated uh, people who financed projects, the same as he treated folks who were working in the field. And it was, he was a guy that started by hanging one door in Fort Lauderdale in 1968 when his father passed and took over the company. And it's now in the hands of uh, his son, Ken Stiles. And um, not enough can be said for the, the goodwill that, that Terry did. Certainly his legacy will be the skyline of Fort Lauderdale, but also the nonprofits uh, like the Museum of Discovery and Science and 
other organizations that he was a tremendous impact to. So we're certainly going to miss him and his, uh, his work in Broward County. Commissioner Udine. I just think we should take a moment. We didn't lose him, but I, I think we should keep in our prayers all of our first responders, our FPL linemen, line women, our county employees that are spending endless hours away from their families putting South Florida back together. I, want to, I think we should keep them in our thoughts and prayers for their safety. Thank you. With that, we'll have a moment of silence. Thank you. You may be seated. Okay, so this morning, I know you heard the wonderful tunes coming out of those speakers. I selected the music for this morning, and I provided breakfast this morning as well. Chick-fil-A! <laughs> Come on, guys. How many times have you gotten to Sunday and wish Chick-fil-A was open, right? So today, we coming off of Hurricane Irma. We need some Chick-fil-A in the house. So um, I, I selected the music this morning. The first selection is Trying to Reason with Hurricane Season and uh, by Jimmy Buffett. And then the second selection is Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Okay, I see you guys haven't gotten over Irma yet. We did like the song. So um, I think that this has been a very trying week for us and to add just a bit of levity to this uh, week. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, the first thing on our agenda today, we have a proclamation and a couple of other presentations. The first proclamation will be presented by Commissioner Lamarca to Sharon Day, who was appointed as U.S. Ambassador to Costa Rica by President Trump on August the 4th, 2017. Mayor, thank you, and we didn't mention it, but certainly we had a lot going on the last few days, but uh, Monday was the 16th anniversary of uh, the attacks on September 11th in our country where we lost nearly 3,000 people, uh, 56 law enforcement professionals, and 343 firefighters, so uh, thanks to those who remember our first responders, and Commissioner Udine, thanks for that. You know, we, we, uh, we have the opportunity to do proclamations and recognize people all the time. Lots of times we don't know who they are, but we learn their story. And yeah. we go ahead and uh, we, we go ahead and and uh, and do proclamations and have nice things to say about them. In this case, I happen to know this young lady um, who I can't call Sharon anymore now. She's Ambassador Day, but for many, many years. And um, when you want to talk about somebody who uh, was on the ground and got her own hands dirty to, to, to uh, get people elected that she believed in. Uh, she's one of those people, and I think we all know folks like that. So this proclamation reads, whereas Sharon Day was elected co-chair of the Republican National Committee in January 2011 and re-elected in 2013 and 2015. From 2009 to 2011, she served as the RNC secretary. She has served the Republican Party at the local, state, and national level for more than 20 years. And whereas Sharon has built several businesses in the insurance and marketing industry, creating jobs for hundreds of individuals and families. 
She has used that private sector success in the political arena, working for candidates, committees, and groups that believe in the power of small business and the free market system. And whereas Sharon has been a member of the Broward County Republican Executive Committee, I guess former now, since 1994 and state committee woman for Broward County since 1996 and served Florida's national committee woman beginning in 2004 before her election as secretary of the RNC. Whereas during the election recount of 2000, Sharon played an important role by identifying and deploying ballot counters in Broward County to ensure a balanced, transparent review that occurred. Following that effort, she was appointed to serve on the Committee for Election Reform for the state of Florida by Governor Jeb Bush. Whereas in 2006, Sharon was elected to as one of eight members of the Site Selection Committee for the 2008 RNC Convention, where she was also selected as the Chairman of Convention's Special Events, she was appointed by the Committee on Arrangements for two, 2008 and received a similar appointment in 2012 convention that happened in her home state of Florida. Whereas among other areas of community service, Sharon was appointed by both Governor Bush and Governor Christ as the Broward County Housing Authority member, where she previously served as the chair. Additionally, Sharon serves as commissioner on the Florida Commission on the Status of Women. And whereas during her service to the Republican Party, Sharon has recruited numerous successful candidates and work closely with party activists and supporters to spread the Republican message of less taxes and less spending and more freedom. Whereas Sharon was appointed by President Donald Trump as the United States Ambassador to Costa Rica on August 4, 2017 and confirmed by the United States Senate. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, the board hereby designates the, the day of September 14th, Thursday, as Ambassador Sharon Day Appreciation Day in Broward County. It's a few times you could use day twice. Um, but also, as Commissioner Holness will tell us, uh, Costa Rica is one of our very strong trading partners in number nine, top ten. Uh, so Port Everglades does a lot of business with Costa Rica, and I know that uh, Sharon probably has a few things to say, but I know we'll be working together on, on our trade. Thank you. Ambassador. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. And actually, um, Commissioner Lamarca is my, actually, Commissioner. So, But I want to thank the mayor and the vice mayor and each of you on the, on the commission for your honoring me with this special day. While Florida is not my birth state, it is my adopted home state. I've been here since 1992, and while I will be leaving to go to Costa Rica for the next three years, um, I will be back um, again because this is my home. And so it's you honor me greatly with this. I will continue to work hard on behalf of Florida and the United States. It is my honor to serve and to have been selected to serve our country in a continuing manner that, um, again, proclaims the importance of the United States-Costa Rica relationship and especially the financial relationship, as Chip mentioned. We have 1.2 million uh, American tourists go to Costa Rica, with a lot of them right here from Florida. And again, our business relationships and trade partnerships with Florida are so important. So I'm going to go there and not only protect our American interests, our American citizens, but also work hard to make sure that we do all that we can to continue the great trade operations and process that we have between Broward County and the state of Florida and the United States. So I am honored by your proclamation. I am honored by your support, and I thank you for the service that you do to my community and what you've done um, to help all of us here in Broward County and across Florida with the hurricane victims and like you. Um, my hearts and prayers are those that um, 
are still trying to dig their way out. So God bless. And also would be remiss, my mother and my sister are here from Houston, Texas. They left a hurricane to come see me in a hurricane as we were packing up. I don't think it says much about the thought process, but as I packed to go to Costa Rica, they were willing to do that, and my friends that are here as well. So God bless each of you. God bless our country, and thank you for your service and all that you do to make this country what it is. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. You want to stop here? And, and while we're preparing for the photograph, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was just in, uh, in, in Bogota, in Colombia, Bogota and Medellin. Uh, they're number two, Colombia, in trade. Costa Rica is number three. And we have, with South Florida, from uh, the Keys to Fort Pierce, and we have a billion dollars in trade surplus with Costa Rica. Uh, 3.2 billion in trade total. And uh, we're selling them over a billion dollars in goods and services. Congratulations. Okay. Now the fun part. The reason why the audience is so full today is because it's time to recognize Broward County's employees who have served our residents for 20 years or more. Um, I know that Mrs. Henry and I find this to be, I, I think this is by far my best part about being mayor, is giving these certificates and showing appreciation for the people who make Broward County what it is and make us look so good. I know, I see that. Okay, and just for all of you out there who are watching, Please be advised that um, the conference bridge line is down and ETS is working to repair it. Um, it will likely not be repaired in time for this morning's meeting. In addition to that, those people who have Comcast, the broadcast may not be available. Even if your cable has been restored, Comcast is experiencing difficulties with broadcast based on external feeds, such as the commission meeting feed. The, the county's webcast of the meeting is available as needed. Ms. Henry, I will join you at the podium now. <laughs> Thank you, commissioners. Um, as the mayor indicated, we have employees celebrating 20, 25, 30, 35, and 40 years of service. But unfortunately, some of them are not here. They're still working, and they chose to uh, stay at their post. Uh, and, and we have several posts working this storm, so anyway, um, we'll make sure that they have an opportunity to come back and, and uh, be able to greet the board. So beginning with our 20, year, 20 years of service, Steve, <clears throat> excuse me, Stephen Bless with Aviation.
Elizabeth Thomas from Community Partnership. Custody uh, from Community Partnerships. Jean Seymour from Community Partnerships. Tanya Springer and Tanya is with ETS. <laughs> Elizabeth Lydell from the CVB. Liz, that's so unfair. Okay, Suzanne Dukeron and Suzanne with records, taxes, and treasury. Cheryl King, and Cheryl is with uh, Records, Taxes, and Treasury. Records, Taxes, and Treasury. Cleo uh, Steele-Joseph, Records, Taxes, and Treasury.
Jody Gardner. <laughs> Records, taxes, and treasury. Nicole Barshaw and Nicole is with records, taxes, and treasury. Okay, Carmen Oquendo, or oh, yeah, I, did I mispronounce your name? Oquendo from Transit. <laughs> Barry Tellian from Transit. Glenn Voltner, Glenn's with ETS. Anumati Baharal from, oops, sorry. Since we um, we missed um, Garasalita Bennett, she's also with Transit. Okay, now we have Hanumati Behayal from RTT.
Jeannie. Jeannie. Jeannie, are you missing? Jeannie. Okay, commissioners, celebrating 30 years of service. We have Darlene Dwecker. Darlene. Aviation. Darlene's with aviation. Okay, we have Jay Schroff from ETS. <laughs> Evelyn Loving, e Evelyn's is with facilities management. Benita Crockett from our fiscal operations. Maureen Shields from the Budget Office. A budgeteer.
And commissioners, I have uh, last but not least, William Bartow celebrating 35 years from environmental planning and community. Okay, so we're going to continue with this morning's meeting. Yes, we'll ask that um, if I know it's an exciting day, but if you could please exit quietly so we can continue. Um, for those of you in our audience, uh, please turn off or silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the county commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker um, item card, which is located to my right. If you don't uh, fill out a card, you cannot speak on the item. Do we have any cards as of yet? Okay, wonderful. All righty, so when you're called upon, if you choose to speak, you'll have three minutes to speak. Please keep the com comments and to the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. 
We ask that those of you in the audience today respect the views of others who are speaking. As such, we do not allow any applause, cheering, booing, or catcalls during or after speakers' comments. I'm going to read the Thursday morning memo. How do you like that? It's the Thursday morning memo today. Thursday edition of the Tuesday morning memo. How about that? Okay, the following requests are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are items numbers one through 43. Public hearing items are items 44 through 55. Regular and supplemental items are items 56 through 70. Item number 45, at the request of the applicant, this item is being requested to be deferred to October the 17th, 2017. Items 46 to 50 are deferred to September the 26th, 2017, as there was an issue with the required advertisement during the period required by state law. Scrivener's errors, there are none, yay. Mayor requests without objection that items 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 63, 65, 68, 69, and 70 be moved to consent. Additional information, item number 37. Calendar update is amended to reflect the cancellation of the budget workshop for September the 14th at 12.30 p.m. Additional material for regular meeting, item number 18, a memo to the board submitted by the Division, the division of Parks and Recreation. Additional material for the public hearing is item number 54, an ordinance submitted by Commissioner Nan Rich. At this time, commissioners, I will... Um, I do not have any audience polls on this agenda. I do not have any speakers' cards for signups. So I would like to know if you have any polls. Commissioner Udeen? Thank you, Mayor. I'd like to pull item number three and item number 23. Commissioner Rich? Thank you, Mayor. Yes, I'd like to uh, pull item seven uh, for an abstention and, um, and uh, Item 54, uh, that's not on consent, right? Because there is, a, it's not an ordinance, it's actually an amendment to the 54 ordinance. 54 is still on regular. Yeah, okay, it's actually an amendment to the ordinance. You okay with that? You want to leave, leave it on? Yes, please. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're going to talk on that one. Okay. Commissioner Bogan? Yeah, I want to first pull number 57. Okay. And uh, before I um, pass this along, I wanted to also say, and I think it's appropriate at this point, to say um, that during the past week, um, I, I really want to compliment Bertha and your staff. Bertha, I can't tell you how appreciative I am and how the great communication on the issues I had. You got back it, and just, it, I just uh, commend you and your staff on great work. Uh, today, right now, um, Quiet Waters Park in Deerfield is giving out water and ice due to Dan West and um, and the help with the seniors, the issue with the seniors. Uh, so I just wanted to thank you and uh, think you deserve uh, a lot of recognition. And, and, and Mayor, Mayor, I want to pull number 75. There is no number 75. <laughs> okay, Commissioner Ryan will be joining us late today. So um, Vice Mayor Furr? Commissioner Lamarca? Uh, item number 18 and 58, but on 58, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see if the folks from uh, Olson are here. I don't want to make them wait all day. I just uh, had a, a comment I wanted to make about it. So do, uh, maybe they're not? Okay, good. Okay, so 18 and 58. And um, if I could, I know that uh, 
it's not protocol, but uh, it was Commissioner Ritter. Stacy had left with her folks who were being recognized for their term of service, and I wanted to highlight that, you know, the work that was put back into getting folks, getting rooms ready and getting people in our hospitality industry into hotels uh, was tremendous. Uh, Nicole and, uh, and Dr. Prado here, our beach is being scooped up off A1A and put back <laughs> on the beach thanks to the dunes and the investment that our, our folks did here and the great work. So we didn't, I don't think we lost much out towards sea, but most of it came in, inland. Um, did its job. <laughs> and that's why we're gonna do the same thing for uh, Commissioner Furr and uh, Ryan's district. But uh, I, the, the real thank you is for the folks that <clears throat> kept our utilities on. And, uh, and Alan, I know I made a few phone calls to you, <clears throat> but uh, you may not know, but in Commissioner Furr's district, there was one of the hospitals was down a chiller needed enough water to, to run it, and they didn't have that going on in Hollywood, we were able to get between Highway Bridge Maintenance and uh, Alan Garcia, uh, got some pumper trucks and all that down there to get the hospital uh, AC working. So uh, you re really did a great job. We didn't lose any water north of, uh, you know, in, in the north area of WWS. So thank you very much. Okay, Commissioner Holness. Yes, uh, item number 26. Commissioner Geller. Item number 14, solely for the purpose of announcing a recusal. Okay. County Administrator, anything? County Attorney, anything? Nothing, Mayor. County Auditor, anything? Nothing. I have something for the County Auditor. Did everybody know that today is his birthday? Yeah. <laughs> now, you know you couldn't have gotten away with that today, right? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And <laughs> no, I got him a piece of the pie. <laughs> to tomorrow is Monica's birthday. Another one who spent countless hours at the EOC with me. Um, just happy birthday to both of you. And I hope that this week brings you better than last. <laughs> okay. All right. And I have nothing from the public being polled. So, commissioners, the consent items was item one through 43, minus items three, 23, seven, 18, and 26, and 14. Mayor, we had seven rather than three. I'm sorry? Seven. On consent, seven. I think it was number seven rather than number three. No, Commissioner Udine pulled three, and um, Commissioner Rich pulled seven. So I have th uh, three, 23, 7, 18, 26, and 14 that are pulled from the consent agenda. The ones that were, I requested to remove, to move over to consent, 57 is gonna stay on regular, and 58 is gonna stay on regular. So commissioners, can I have a so motion? Second. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed, let the record show that that passes unanimously with the people that are here. Okay, now the first item pulled from consent is item number three, Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Mayor. I'm on the board of directors of Legacy Bank and I also own shares in the bank. The shares are not traded on a stock exchange. Another owner of Legacy also owns a substantial interest in Blackhawk properties, which may benefit from item three to avoid a voting conflict or even an appearance of a voting conflict. I'm abstaining, we'll leave the dais until item three is voted upon and I will ask the minutes clerk to reflect my abstention and I will file the form within 15 days. Okay, 
So can I have a motion on item number so three? Moved. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show item number three passes unanimously with one abstention. Okay, the next item pulled from consent is item number seven. That's Commissioner Rich. Thank you. Um, I am on the board of directors of the Area-Wide Council on Aging of Broward County, and um, I do not receive any compensation for serving on the board. Uh, therefore, I have no actual statutory voting conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, I am abstaining. I will be abstaining on item number seven, and I ask that the minutes reflect my abstention. Okay. So, all those in favor of item number seven, give me a motion, please. Second. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously with one abstention. We need to reconsider the seven zero. Okay. What? All right, so we'll have to reconsider the consent agenda so that we can take 70 so off moved. of it. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Where we need to reconsider the consent agenda because Commissioner Holness forgot to pull item 70 and he wanted to, to pull it. Okay. So. Motion um, to approve the new consent agenda with second. all the amendments. All in favor signify aye. by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Now item 70 is back on regular. Okay. Um, so we disposed of item number seven. 14. Okay. The next item off of the consent agenda is item number 18, Commissioner Lamarca. 14. 14. Oh, I'm so sorry. Commissioner Geller. Yes. Well, well, I am pleased to say that I've resolved my issues and will no longer be abstaining on any green spoon mortar issues because <laughs> I've, I've received my last check from them. Uh, however, yeah. Um, uh, item 14 would merely set a public hearing to later consider an award of certificates of public need and necessity. Though this item is purely procedural, any subsequent issuance of these certificates could impact Falk and American Ambulance, which I represent in my private legal practice. Accordingly, I will leave the dais until the item is resolved and ask that the minutes reflect that I've abstained from voting on item number 14. All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? <laughs> we just want to see if Let, the <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show that that passes unanimously with one abstention. Okay. <laughs> item number 18 is the next item pulled from consent. That's Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, Ms. Henry, can we get uh, Mr. West to come up for a moment? Mr. West. <clears throat> Good morning, Mr. West. Good morning. I want to thank you. I'm going to uh, ditto uh, Commissioner Bogan's comment about uh, a location somewhere in Deerfield, Pompano Beach, because that was uh, that was a concern, and you all made it happen. Um, but but to our to our to our uh, our most important uh, message out there: if your water system is not down, the old faucet works just yeah, fine, especially if you have a filter on it. But that aside, um, what what I I have a little bit of trouble with this item, and I just need you to uh, maybe help me out with uh, some of the increases because some of them are in the range of 10 to 20 percent. Um, before you do that, I think it's uh, probably common knowledge, but it's certainly knowledge between you and I uh, individually uh, that I think that uh, when we hired 
uh, Mr. West from the state park system of the state of Ohio, even though that uh, the Florida football teams are better than Ohio State. Um, I think we got the best uh, draft we could have gotten. Um, we've got a great park system. He does an amazing job during the downturn. He made uh, made some great moves that didn't uh, didn't compromise our parks. And so I can't say enough good things about the way you, what you're doing there and the work we're doing at pl places like Deerfield Island Park, but I'm just struggling a little bit with that increase. Okay. Can you maybe tell me what, what yeah, the... And you're right about Ohio State. They're not doing well this year. <laughs> so um, I, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Commissioners, uh, the... Um, Commissioner Lamarca, we, if you look at the fees, and we try to do a little bit of a kind of a hip pocket piece, that most of these fees are pro forma fees. Almost 75% of these fees are pro forma fees. And meaning by that, we work with testing the market to see if those fees are legitimate, one, and comparable with our competitors. So 75% of the fees you see in your package are fees that we've, we already have, have instituted. Unfortunately, we haven't been back to you for about almost two years, over two years, for this fee approval. And it's been based on just working with the county attorney's office on all of these fees to make sure that we uh, dot our I's and cross our T's on getting these fees in introduced. So really, a majority of these are fees that we have had for several years, pro formas especially, which is a way of just testing the market. We also do a comparability study. And we do that almost every year. In fact, we do it uh, uh, for other agencies as well. They use our comparability study. We, we, we call around, we, we, we research to try to find what the markets are, you know, uh, are bearing, so to speak, in regards to camping or uh, target ranges or other fees in our system. So we, we don't take these lightly because we don't want to lose customers. And so when we look at our fee system, and if you look at it, uh, we're still very, very competitive. One reason why our revenues are up, our attendance is up, uh, people really like our parks and they really like to come out to our parks and they love our hospitality centers, our stadium, our other, uh, other facilities. So I think we're in the range. If you look at the fees in general, if you look at the fees that we're charging, less than one half of 1% of the uh, fiscal year 16 revenue, or $17 million, is only about a 0.47%. So it's, it's really low. But there are fees like, let's use Hollywood North Beach. It's going from 8 to $10 for the parking fee. If you look at that fee, if you know what the city of Hollywood's charging right now for parking meter fee, you can go to... Don't get me started. I know. <laughs> and, and Vice Mayor knows this. You can, stay, you can park at Hollywood North Beach uh, for uh, two hours and almost uh, pay for the entire... Uh, for two hours parking at a parking meter in Hollywood, uh, we charge $10 for the entire day. Uh, they charge $4 per hour. So I think we're, I think if you look at the fees, you look at where we're charging, market, uh, market target range, places like that, we, I think we're, we're doing very well. And our that, fees that, are That is specific. Common. So I did see uh, that a lot were performing. That's fine. Because yeah. um, you went out and did, did our homework and were competitive. The, the, and the parking, percentage-wise, it, you know, it caught me. But really the, the one issue, and I know that it's a, it's a successful... Uh, revenue operation for us, but the the range right. fees and all that. Where, where did you compare that uh, to? We 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 base our uh, comparability on everything from Miami Dade uh, to all the way up the coast, all the way up the uh, Gulf Coast, all the way up to the uh, you know the other end of Florida. Uh, we have. I can give you the figure. I mean the the different areas. No, that's right. But Is it now? Are they are they all public facilities? That you uh, some are public, some are private. Okay. We try to do both because in the, in the target range business is a little bit different than 
like a public campground business. Right. Um, uh, we try to do all the ranges because we know we can get a, a pretty good idea of what they're charging and what we charge. We do, everybody does it differently. If you, if you look at, uh, uh, some people don't give any discounts for uh, nonprofits or others. We do. We give different kinds of discounts for different groups for different reasons uh, to, you know, to be competitive with our public partners. Some in the private sector don't do any of that. They just charge a flat rate fee. So we look at those things, and if you look at the comparison, it's still a pretty good deal to go out to Markham Target Range mm -hmm. and uh, you know, skeet, trap, and, and just general uh, 150 and 100 yard range uh, shooting. So okay. that's how we do it. And I, I'm certainly be uh, willing to share all those those comparability uh, that, figures fine. with you. Do uh, do we, do law enforcement uh, get charged to? They get the charged for the. Uh, they actually, VSO pages pays a, a, a quote annual fee for okay. the use of the range. Uh, other law enforcement agencies do the same, but if they work with BSO, they work with a BSO agency. Okay. All right. I appreciate your help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, with that, Commissioner Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a great park system, thanks to, to all the work that the members of our uh, park system does to accommodate the various groups that we have. And uh, I know in some instances we have discounted rates for nonprofits, uh, which I think is a good thing. Uh, and, and I look forward, uh, uh, County Administrator and others here, uh, to the continuing work that you've done uh, to ease the pain of the folks in Broward County. Uh, from uh, the hurricane and, and look forward to some distribution at Central Broad Regional Park as, as we have done in quiet waters. Thank you. Thank you. And we, we've got that site set up as well. So thank you. Thank you. Mayor, with uh, Mr. West's uh, explanation overall, I'm comfortable with the, with the item. I'm going to move it. Thank you. Second. All those in favor of item number 18 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. The next item pulled is item number 23. That's Commissioner Udin. Thank you, Mayor. <clears throat> when I went through the backup on this one, um, as, I, as I read through it, I had a couple things that came up that just caused a little bit of concern for me. This is, um, we currently have an investment manager that does work. If you look on the bottom page, of our agenda item. There was no real commercial reason why any change was made. Uh, the fees were similar, the returns were similar, everything looked pretty much similar, and all of a sudden a change was made to deposit and use Wells Fargo Bank to safe keep uh, all of our, our securities here. I'm uncomfortable using Wells Fargo right now unless I have a commercially viable reason. Now, I'm not saying that the county shouldn't use them for whatever they use them for already. I personally have an account with Wells Fargo, but I'm uncomfortable giving a $300 million possible piece of business right now to Wells Fargo unless there's some commercially viable reason why we're doing them instead of the way we've been doing it. Okay. Ms. Henry, do you want to have somebody speak to that? I I believe there was, did you, Commissioner Lamarca, did you have a comment? I just want to have them all, have a, no, I'll, yeah. I'll, I just want to make sure that they uh, address all of them. So if I could have, thank you, Hen Henry. Good morning, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioners uh, Henry Snezak, Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. And I have uh, Norm Howard here, who's with the Housing Finance and Community Redevelopment uh, Division. 
Uh, to get to your question, uh, Housing Finance Authority is you know, separate. This is not county funds. So they did a, um, a, a survey of other HFAs in the county, and they do not have consultants. They just have their own investment portfolio committee, so they just wanted to set up the same way. So this is all set up consistent with county policy. Now, as far as your specific question, I think I'm going to defer it to Norm. Uh, Commission, what was the question, please? Is there any commercial business reason because it, the way that it's been handled in the past seems to have been working and has been adequate <laughs> and all of a sudden they switch that model and now there's an investment committee at the HFA and they're changing and going to safe keep all the securities with Wells Fargo. My question is, is there, I mean, other than to be, I, I understand these aren't county funds, these are HFA funds, mm -hmm. but if I'm asked to vote for it, I'm uncomfortable right now just at this moment, voting on transferring such a big piece of business to Wells Fargo until they get their issues worked out um, with uh, the different things that we're seeing. I mean, I, you're seeing states, municipalities, and counties suing Wells Fargo for some of their practices. We potentially could be in that position. I don't know, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But I'm just uncomfortable with Wells Fargo as the safekeeper of our securities in light of what I'm seeing throughout the country. The reason why the uh, Florida uh, the Housing Finance Authority uh, utilized the uh, Wells Fargo securities is because the Broward County also utilized the, uh, the same uh, institution as well. And by we utilizing the, uh, that institution, we felt that we got a much better fees uh, piggybacking off of Broward County, and HFA felt that it was a good opportunity to utilize that resource. Backup. It said that there were no difference in the fees or the investment performance. Were any, was anybody else considered for new safekeeping besides Wells Fargo? Uh, yes, there was, uh, was another institution, U.S. Bank, and also carpets that we use over the past 10 or 15 years out of New York's uh, state. You're welcome. Okay, I have a queue. Commissioner Lamarca followed by Commissioner Holmes. Thank you. I, I appreciate that explanation. Um, I personally, uh, I'd like to see, uh, Ms. Henry, us bring back any financial dealings we have with Wells Fargo, and it pains me to say that because I know there's a lot of good community partners here in Broward County that work with our community, our nonprofits, and companies that are here, but um, I can get, Commissioner Union, I can give you 3.5 million reasons why we shouldn't be using Wells Fargo. Fake accounts. I can give you personal experiences. I can tell you a lot of things. Uh, I don't find them to be a reputable organization. I find... Uh, what they've done to the public is reprehensible. People had cars repossessed because they put uh, additional insurance on accounts that they didn't sign up for. People had homes repossessed because they reneged on uh, financial arrangements. I know that's not necessarily what, uh, what you're here for. Um, no. I just know, I, I personally know that we can find a better institution. Um, Broward County is our best, nothing less. Wells Fargo is not, not our best. I, I, would, I would strongly suggest we look at another large institution whether it's J.P. Morgan Chase or Bank of America or City, I don't have a favorite. I just don't want to see us put our business in a place that took 3.5 million people and defrauded them. It's just, it's, we don't stand for that in Broward County. Uh, commissioners, uh, if there is no real time sensitive um, issue with, related to this, would we be able to go back and have a conversation with the HFA about the concerns that you've raised, I don't know what the timing is. Is there some 
time-sensitive issue why this needs to be on this agenda? There, there is a time-sensitive issue here because right now our funds is being held with, with U.S. Bank, which is a custodian. We would like to move those funds to be able to invest them. So the time-sensitive is very important. Okay, so that's the only that's, that's the, the only, only issue. That's the only issue, yes. Okay. So, so the idea of investing them, for example, with Wells Fargo, you mean? I'm sorry. Wells Fargo Securities would give you that opportunity to invest them. Yes, because they have these safe. Yeah, I, I have a, can, 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 Commissioner, wait, wait, wait. I have wait. a cue. Wait, wait, I, stop. I'm just finishing. I know, but I'm just. I was telling them I have a cue. Can I just interject one thing, if you don't mind? Well. I have a cue for that reason. Uh, and so, okay, I, okay, stop, stop. Commissioner Lamarca, are you finished? I, one second. I just, Go ahead. If, if the purpose question. is to I got you. park those right. very large that very large amount of dollars into a, a, facility, into a uh, banking institution that you can invest, again, I would say that look at their reputation and go look at the market and, and what is out there and other opportunities for the people of Broward County and especially the Housing Finance Authority. Yes, okay. it's there to park those those funds with Wells Fargo as safekeeping, and the HFA committee will make the decision how those funds are going to be invested through I, their committee. I understand that, but yeah. if, if we look at what's happened, what safekeeping, uh, I, I think the 3.5 million people probably thought they were they had uh, safekeeping there at Wells Fargo, and I think that the folks that, uh, that are in that situation uh, would second-guess that. So I, I think there's a lot of great financial institutions in the United States, national ones, ones that we can trust, and I don't think that's one of them. Okay. So I have Commissioner Holness followed by Commissioner Bogan followed by Commissioner Geller. Commissioner Holness. Thank you. And, and, and I do concur with uh, Commissioner Lamarca on the issue of damage to the community. Uh, something that we've talked about previously here and uh, Economic Development Director Mike, Sandy Michael McDonald's is in the audience. I don't know if uh, uh, our uh, Administrator Henry would like to have him answer this one. We talked about community benefits. Uh, here we have one that's damaging. We, I, I also believe we ought to look at entities when we do business with them. How are they benefiting our community beyond just doing business with us? Are they helping? Uh, to ensure that uh, they are good uh, stewards of our funds, of course, in, in, in this instance, but uh, are they good community partners beyond just us? Are they helping to uh, strengthen and build our community uh, through maybe partnering with nonprofits or, or supporting efforts that we have uh, to, again, strengthen folks, especially those people who have been left out and left behind? Uh, in this instance, here's an entity that has done damage. And I believe we ought to, uh, I don't know where we are with this community benefits package that we've discussed. Uh, I don't know if we can get an update. Uh. Uh, I'm, I don't know that Mr. McDonald is prepared to do that today. Are you, are you prepared to give an update today? Mm -hmm. Can we schedule that and bring that back? Please. Thank you. Uh, so, so in this instance, uh, again, I want us to look beyond just uh, the business. How are they doing to help enhance the light, quality of life of the people of Broward County and supporting our efforts to build a stronger, better community. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. What's this gentleman's name? I don't know. Ms. Henry, can you call them back up, please? Commissioner Bogan has a question. Mr. Howard. Yes. And just, uh, just in, uh, again, what, what I um, wanted to do here, because I clearly understand where the board is coming from, and I don't have a problem with pulling this item and having a conversation with the with the the 
the committee that worked with this issue with the HFA so that we can make sure that the board's uh, message is clear. But I, I certainly want to hear your questions. Well, let me first say that I agree with Commissioner Lamarca, Commissioner Holness, Commissioner Udine. I, I, I would not be in favor of Wells Fargo. I work with, as a lawyer, I work with many pension funds. And pension funds use a variety of institutions and companies that invest funds. So to stand here and say, well, we need Wells Fargo to invest our money, there are, I hope you would agree with this, there are tens, 20, 50, there, there are plenty of companies that we could find very quickly that can do what Wells Fargo can do. You'd agree with that, right? Yes, but except for one, one, one thing, and maybe I forgot to announce here, is uh, Wells Fargo is more of a safekeeping for the Housing Finance Authority. They're not making investments. Are far. you saying they're a custodial? A safekeeper, like a custodian. Okay, and, and you know there's many custodial banks. You know mm -hmm. that, right? Yes, it is, quite a and, few. And we can get a custodial bank tomorrow because our pension funds that I work with have plenty of custodial banks out there, right? You stand correct. So then what, what is the issue with Wells Fargo? I think um, I just want to be on record that I uh, am in agreement with my fellow commissioners to not approve this. Okay. Not to pull it, Bertha, but to not approve it. There's a difference. I, I understand. And, um, and I, I wanted to make sure that I uh, that I have all of the other ancillary issues that might be associated with that because I did not come. I, I wasn't prepared to 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 do that today. But uh, and, and it is pulled. We hear you, and um, we'll. But, if there's some but, but I just say, I mean, there are at least 10, if not 100, uh, 10 qualified custodial banks and other companies that could take, that would love to have our business tomorrow, and they could be done that quick. I understand. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner Geller, you're still in queue. It's thank, your turn. Thank you, Madam Mayor. First, I'd like to thank Commissioner Udine for bringing this point up, because I think we all agree on that. I don't want to beat a dead horse to death over and over again after it's dead, but can I ask the gentleman who was just speaking to come back? Mr. Howard. Okay. Just Mr. so Howard. that you know, I've asked him to sit down three times. <laughs> I, have, I have one short question, okay. which is you'd indicated that the currently the account is with U.S. Bank. Or yes, they're, okay. they're the custodian and I have the money in their possession. Okay, I did not understand your answer okay. when you were asked if it was time sensitive, mm -hmm. that yes, because you want to invest that, and I did not understand why the HFA can't make that decision to invest them while they're still at U.S. Bank. <laughs> Is there... If there's something I'm missing, please explain. Yes, there's there's something you're missing. CARP is, is the management uh, uh, investment company for HFA, the Housing Finance Authority, which U.S. Bank is the custodian. Right now, our fees are averaging uh, between forty and fifty thousand dollars through CARP, and, and HFA decide to go in another direction. So we review what Broward County was doing, Wells Fargo, and made a decision for that. So you're saying that with Wells US Fargo as well. is considerably less expensive? A lot less expensive. Okay. Thank you, sir. Um, Madam Mayor, yes. I, I agree with the county administrator then, as opposed to just taking a vote today. I think I agree that we, the course of we action of pulling it and deferring it is the correct thing to do. And again, so county, thank you, Commissioner Udine. County Administrator, 
What's the um, most reasonable date for deferral to bring this back? So what we're going to do is get, as I indicated, we want to find out all of the, the issues and implications. If there's something that we can do, um, understanding the board's direction, um, we'll do that pretty quickly. If it's going to take a while because they're going to have to go back out, because what I, my understanding is that this is not their long-term solution for investments, that they, that they are going through a subsequent process to do that. Am I correct? And so this is just a safe harbor for a short period of time whereby they can reduce the amount of fees that they're paying to U.S. Bank to do that. But there might be a few conversations that can be had with U.S. Bank um, and other alternatives that we can pursue. If they so don't pan out, we'll be back. Okay. We'll give the board so an update gonna, before the next meeting. We'll defer this then yes. for... Um, indefinitely or to, no. to, to give it to I'll, I'll withdraw it for the withdraw time being. It. Okay, it, perfect. It's withdrawn. If, if I need to bring it back, I'll bring it back. Perfect. If not, we'll come back with another alternative. Withdrawn works great. Okay. So that takes care of item number 23. It's withdrawn until um, Ms. Henry brings it back. The next item on the agenda is item number 26. Commissioner Holness. Yes, I, I'd, I'd really be grateful if uh, the folks from uh, ArtServe would come forward. And, and I'm hoping they can give us uh, some update as to the improvements they have made. I had a good conversation yesterday about uh, uh, utilization of their services for uh, or smaller nonprofit entities. And uh, I think the public ought to know that this service exists, especially our small uh, nonprofit organization. So if you would uh, give us a brief update on your improvements and, and some of your plans going forward. Okay, yes, uh, Commissioner Holness and the Commissioner. Uh, I'm uh, Jay Abate, the CEO of ArtServe, and I'm going to actually have Ed King, who runs this cooperative marketing program for ArtServe and the community, um, speak uh, to the Commissioner's question. Thank you very much. Um, Co-op marketing represents over 90 different nonprofit cultural organizations. If they <coughs> qualify for my program, for the co-op marketing program, uh, they receive matching funds for their advertising and marketing needs. The goal is to touch Broward County in total with the arts. And through this program, that's what we do by taking the advertising and marketing message of our cultural groups and bringing that to the citizens of Broward County. Those citizens are activated, they show up, they attend those events, and it spurs economic development here, and it expands the reach of those cultural groups. What we found is over the last three years that I've worked here, great growth in working with different groups, expanding their message, expanding our reach to groups who have never heard of the program before, and then finding new vendors that can represent their message best, whether it's in print, TV, radio, online, email blast. The important thing that Commissioner Holness has brought up is the issue of expansion. Can we reach more media players that best represent the makeup of our community so that we make sure that the messages from the eligible cultural organizations are reaching communities who want to hear those messages 
but are we also reaching cultural groups that may not know we exist? Can we reach out to them? Yes, we can. We can do the research, find new cultural organizations that reflect the makeup of our county and are offering excellent cultural offerings and then market to the citizens who want those offerings. We can create a minority and niche market summit in which we invite those minority vendors and minority groups in so that we can make sure that like NSU, like Broward Center, that the smaller groups also get great media coverage in our community and we can have a media, a minority media initiative in which we make program-specific offerings to minority cultural groups to incentivize them to invest in this excellent program to make sure that the county and the citizens know about their offerings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, in, in our dialogue yesterday, I, I express, expressed concerns uh, with uh, this group uh, regarding their outreach and, and how much depth they had in reaching the diversity of Broward County to ensure that there is inclusion uh, in the opportunities as vendors and in the opportunities for supporting their efforts to grow and develop. Uh, I basically, through her, her discussion, uh, realized even more that they're changing, they're changing, but however, previously, it was mostly the larger institutionals, institutional organizations that were benefiting mostly from or spent here. And I believe that we ought to be very inclusive and make sure everyone is, is engaged. So I, I thank you for giving us up the, the update and I'm uh, more than grateful to work with you uh, in whatever way I can so you can expand your reach into uh, the diversity of Broward County. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. Both of you need to uh, fill out the speaker cards for the item um, over to the right. Could you please do that for me so that your names will be shown properly in the record? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, with that, and I have a second on that. Okay, all those in favor of item 26, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show 26 passes unanimously. Okay, the next item on our agenda is Item number 44. No. Real public hearing. Yeah. yeah, that's public hearing. Yeah. Yeah, we're on public hearing now. There we go. So that ends all of the consent items. We're on to public hearing. On public hearing, item number 44. Okay, this is a public hearing. As such, I'll have to open each item to the public. Is there anyone on the public that wishes to be heard on item number 44, which is a motion to consider issuance of new licenses to provide non-emergency medical transportation services to Fox Transportation Solutions, LLC. Is there anyone from the audience that wishes to be heard on this item? Seeing none. Move it. Okay, Madam Mayor. Yes. Uh, uh, item 44 involves non-emergency medical transportation licenses. As I mentioned earlier, I represent Falk and American Ambulance in my private legal practice, the issuance of the licenses could impact them. Accordingly, I will sprint off the dais until the item is resolved and ask that the minutes reflect that I have abstained from voting well, we could go that on way item quicker. 44. Why don't you go that way and just step down? Okay. 
Is that a second? Okay, all those in favor of item 44 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 45 with one abstention. Uh-huh. Motion to enact, uh, no, it's unanimously with the people on the dais. Sorry, hold on a second. I have 45 is withdrawn. Yes, you're right. Whatever, it's deferred. It's off the agenda. Okay, 46 through 50 are deferred. Okay, so the next item on the public hearing is item number 51, which is a motion to adopt a resolution, the title of which is as follows. A resolution of Board of County Commissioners of Barrett County, Florida, pertaining to rates, fees, and charges at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Amending section 39.2 and exhibit 39A of the Barrett County Administrative Code. Is there anyone from the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 51? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. All those in favor of item 51 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show pass, it passes unanimously, minus Tim Ryan. And for every item on this agenda, when Tim Ryan's absent, that's the case. Okay. Item number 52 is a public hearing item. It's a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance, the title of which is as follows. An ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to the Broward County Zoning Code, amending section 39-138 of the Broward County Code City, County Code of Ordinances, delegating authority for com compromise and settlement of land clearance liens to the county administrator. Is there anyone in the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 52? Seeing none, back to the stairs. I'll move the item. All those in favor of item 52 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that passes unanimously with those present on the stairs. Item number 53, a motion to consider adoption of a resolution amending the administrative code, the title of which is follows. A resolution of the Board of County Commissioner of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to the independent annual audit, amending section 18.61 of the Broward County Administrative Code. Is there anyone from the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 53? Seeing none, back to the stays. All those in favor of item 53, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, let the record show that passes unanimously with those present. Item number 54 is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance, the title of which is as follows, an ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to medical marijuana, creating sections 1-309 through 1-313 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances, code establishing a medical marijuana advisory board, providing for the board's membership meetings, duties, and functions, and providing for severability, inclusion in the code, and an effective date. There's no one signed up from the audience to speak. Is there anyone in the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 54? Seeing none, back to the stairs. We have an amendment. Have an amendment. As amended by. As amended. Yeah. As amended. Does everybody know about the amendment? Everybody's good on that. It's adding a consumer advocate because. That's fine. Uh, yeah. That's, That's fine. I just want to make sure everybody's voting. Yeah. Know what they're voting on. Okay. What is fine. Just, what's consumer advocate in this case? Well, for me, um, it, it's. Uh, I mean. If, I, it's kind of funny, but is it like, you know, an no, experienced marijuana, medical marijuana user or what? Well, it's, it's someone that probably has someone in their household that is. And in this okay. case, I was thinking of some people that I worked with in Tallahassee for many years who have children. Like Seth, uh, who, who, Like Seth, exactly, Hyman, that, people like that. With exactly. that, I'm on board. That's okay. It. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, so can I have a motion on item 54 as amended? Move it. Second. 
All those in favor of item 54 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Let the record show that item 54 passes as amended with those present on this dais. Motion to consider adoption of a resolution amending the administrative code, the title of which is as follows. A resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to the conflicts of interest policy for outside legal counsel, amending section 18.88 of the Broward County Administrative Code and providing for severability, inclusion in the administrative code and an effective date. Um, there is no person signed up from the audience on this item. Is there anyone in the audience that wishes to be heard on item number 55? Seeing none, back to the stairs. Motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Let the record show that item 55 passes with those who are present. Okay. That concludes our public hearings items. The next item is item number 56, which is a delegation request by Sonia Marie Hardin. Ms. Sonia Marie Hardin? Okay. Hello. Hi. Mayor, Barbara, Sheriff, and everyone in my presence. I am delighted to be here today. Um, this is my first time here, so I'm very thankful. I'm great, very grateful for this opportunity. If you can bear with me a moment. Okay. I want to discuss a topic that has truly been bothering me uh, in Broward County. I am a Floridian. I normally have three moments, and I'm someone who loves to talk, so I'll make it very short and brief. Um, my concern is that in this county, Broward County, there's quite a few of adults that are jobless and homeless, and I would like to know what is our plan for assistance uh, as adults, uh, to assist adults in this type of situation? Did you want us to answer that, or you want to keep, you, you have more to say? Uh, I looked up, uh, saw Broward County at 11.8 million a year from housing homeless people. Um, I looked up a statistic on employment and the employment is, Um, employment gave me a percentage that I don't really have accurately, but um, I am familiar with there is a lot of that in the Dry County, and I want to know what is our plan, what are we, what are we doing to assist adults, being that we're all adults and we're responsible for our county and the upkeep of our county, um, what do we do in these type of situations? I happen to be one of them. I'm looking okay. for a job. It's very difficult to find a job. And so um, I don't, I'm not sure if you want us to start answering this from the dais. Or Ms. Henry, do you want to have somebody speak with her? No, as you well know, the Broward County is involved um, in a myriad of programs to assist our residents. So rather than um, me talk to start to pontificate from the dais at this point, uh, our human services director is here. I would like for her to reach out to you, set up an appointment so that we can outline the different services that we provide for individuals that are homeless and or looking for employment. Because there, there are a myriad of them and we would be here for a long time talking about them. So, okay, okay um, her, um, Ms. Campbell. She's gonna, she's gonna have someone from staff come 
Okay, so we're gonna have someone um, sit Come with right her up. to set up that appointment so yeah. that we can walk her through the various programs that we have. So would that be for someone who is looking for a job that you can have job placement? Because what I'm finding is, I know we do have different places in Vantage, but when you go to those places, all they do is refer you here, refer you there. I've been looking for a job now for maybe two years or so. Mm. And it's always like we have an interview, but there's no job. Okay, at, at this point, um, I'm sure there are a myriad of reasons why that is, and, and we'll do our very best to try to, to connect you um, with an entity that can, that can be um, of service to you based on the skills that you have. So um, they're on their way. If you can have a seat right there, they will come and get you, get up and set up an appointment and go from there. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank, Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Okay, the next item on the agenda is item number 57. Commissioner Bogan, you said you wanted to leave this one on. You said you wanted to leave this one on regular. It's you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I, I'd like to address number 57 on our agenda, and I'll tell you, I'd like to talk about why I have an issue with this. Um, starting from the back, our county in the past seven years has issued what I have is three billion in bonds, but out of the three billion, two out of the three have gone primarily to two companies. We have a list of a variety of companies that we're to select from. And out of the, all these companies, the majority, two thirds of them, go to Citigroup and JP Morgan, two excellent companies. I'm not criticizing these two companies. And if we did approve this, Citigroup would have 1.3 billion JP would Morgan have 741 million out of the three billion, and so two out of the three billion keep going to you know a lot of this keeps going to the same two companies. I don't feel it's fair. We have a list; it should be rotated. Miami Dade solved the problem by having a rotation list, and so um, you know I, I wanted to bring it up. I think it's um, it's not fair to have a process where we have a list of great companies. And, and uh, you know, just to give you on the flip side, on the bottom, Morgan Stanley got 157 million of the bonds, BOA, Bank of America, 101 million, and, and the other two companies are at two billion. And so I don't know, um, you know, I, so I just want it to be a fair process. I just think that um, we need to uh, put in some, some type of place where it's not gonna be done by favoritism, politics, not that it is, I, I'm, in the past, I don't know. I haven't been here for seven years. All, all I could say is that I think uh, Miami-Dade addressed this to having a straight rotation, and I'd like to see if maybe we can have that with our CFO having the option to maybe veto that straight rotation. He says, well, we can't use this company because maybe they're not specialized in that, but otherwise have a straight rotation. And, and um, I, I just don't see, you know, here we go again, appointing Citigroup. Uh, and they uh, a great company. They're a good company. They're all good companies, but it's just not fair. And so th that's my comments for today. Thank you. Commissioner Holness? Yes, I, I share your concern, uh, Commissioner Bogan, and actually expressed that to staff, to staff this morning. Uh, <clears throat> in, in, a, in most cases, company A, B, C probably can do as good a job, but sometimes we get comfortable with, with doing business with this group and they have done so well and they have done so well and they have all this and that. But if we don't give other companies a, an opportunity, 
how are they going to be as big and, and, and as good? So, so basically, you lock the status quo in, in place where only certain entities benefit tremendously. And, and, and the, we, we're a public company beyond public. I mean, we're owned by the people uh, because they pay taxes into our system. So we have to make sure that we're fair to uh, everyone and be as inclusive as possible so that the opportunities reaches more than just a few. And, and I, I have as big a concern as you uh, uh, do, Commissioner Bogan, with, with the process. Thank you. Um, yes, Commissioner Bogan? Uh, yeah, just to clarify, when I said that these two companies are getting $2 billion out of the $3 billion, that is the senior manager. They're the ones running the show. And that's, you know, that's what I want to, right. Okay. All right. So, so I would ask my fellow commissioners, you know, if they agree that a fair process should be put in place, maybe we um, sit here and defer it or do something to put a okay, fair process. Okay, so deferral stops the discussion. I have a cue. You've spoken twice. Okay. So let me let the other commissioners speak. Commissioner Udine, followed by Vice Mayor Fur. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I'm pretty familiar with this process. I've been involved with it for quite some time. So as I understand it, and, and I guess Mr. Tablack can explain if I'm not correct. We set up a library to cover a certain yearly or dollar amount period where we have our 10 or 8, however many potential book runners that we can have. Because every single one of these will sell bonds in every single issue. It's just who gets labeled as the book runner because that's a more prominent position within what we need to do. Um, and in this case, when you look at this, whatever it's from, be it comfortability, specialization within the particular field of public finance that they're doing, it's, it, it, it seems lopsided that too much is going to two of these because there's really very little difference between Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch, or Morgan Stanley. They're basically the same at what they do, although some specialize in different forms of municipal government and the reason that it becomes more beneficial to us as a county is because it makes it cheaper for the taxpayers. So my, what I would be in favor of doing for this agenda item, this is going to go out to a library again in about 18 months when they do the next library of X number of hundreds of billions of dollars of new projects that we're going to have, be it a wastewater plant, a, an airport, a port, or whatever. When that next library goes out and we start at the beginning, my rationale would be similar to Commissioner Bogan's, that it should be a straight rotation unless there's a commercial business reason, and, 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 and Mr. Tablack would, would provide that, as to why you're picking one over the other. Citigroup happens to specialize in AMT municipal bond airports. Now, I don't want to defer this for the sole reason that we meet with Mark Gale in the airport master plan. and. These, these are not, um, these are not the timing on this stuff. I want to give, I want to give the airport and our finance department the ability to pull the trigger on this whenever they may be able to. And delaying this at some point, there's no real difference other than the fact that it's going to delay the master plan. They're going to need to get bridge financing along the way, and their hands are tied. I, I agree with Mark, and I'm supportive of that 100% and what, and what Commissioner Holm has said. Next library, I think the policy should be a rotation unless there's a difference. For this, I'm going to support 
putting this out there now. All of them can run this, this, this book. Citigroup would be the lead book runner. They specialize in aviation bonds. I don't want to have to see the airport go in for short-term financing because the markets are so discombobulated right now. The markets are so upside down. This is a chance for us to get a good deal for our, our tax-paying public. What's going to happen next year? You have, we just saw this hurricane. You're going to see rating agencies start to opine on the state of Florida soon. There's a lot of issues that are going to come up. I'm going to support this one for this item, but for the next one, I'm going to, I agree with Commissioner Bogan. I don't know if that's what he was asking for or if, or if he no, was asking. but that's okay. okay. That's, that's what my, you want. Okay. That's my thoughts. All right. Vice Mayor Furr, followed by Commissioner Rich. I just wondered what the advantage was in having just one uh, company instead of, like, having two or three. To sell the bonds, they all, I, no, they all sell all it. All of them will sell these bonds. Right. You have to turn your mic on so people hear you. I think George, Mr. Tablack, with all these, all of them will sell it. Everyone, anybody that they don't even have right, to be. Right. We're giving it to one. No, no, no. All of them will. We just have a lead book runner. <laughs> okay. So, Mr. Rod, actually, we recommended four can, firms, three co-managers. Mr. Tablack, hold, hold on a second. I'm sorry. Are there any other comments or questions so that we can try to answer them oh, all? I have. To, oh. Uh, Commissioner Rich is still in queue, and then Ms. Um, Commissioner Holmes had asked to speak just, again. So, just, but I do think hold, that. Just hold, do you want you want to go ahead and, and speak, and then I'll let you. Okay, Commissioner Rich. Yeah, no, I because I was going to ask if Mr. Tablock could come up <laughs> to actually, I, I you know, to explain because my understanding was that multiple companies can do this. There's one senior manager, but I you know, and maybe you could just um, articulate a little bit on on uh, you know. Why some, why someone becomes the senior manager versus the other companies, and uh, and I agree with with um, Commissioner Udine. I would not like to see us delay this if we want to change the process. Um, I mean, you know, we need to have the experts doing this. That's how I feel about this. So, uh, and you're the expert right now. So I'd be happy to hear from you. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Commissioner Holmes. And 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 to wait. I, I don't think we necessarily have to. I believe we can start with putting some rotation in place now. And, and, and have those reasoning be brought to us if there's a specific reason why we cannot rotate. I agree with you on that. So, yeah, I, I, and I agree, th I agree that we can go out now and do this. Uh, so not defer. Uh, again, we don't want to necessarily cause ourselves any harm in, in deferring, but, but I think we seriously need to, to put uh, a policy in place going forward from today of ensuring that there is some rotation unless there is some definitive issue why it can't okay. be rotated. Okay, commissioners, it's 1137. We've got a few items left on this agenda. Ms. Henry, Mr. Tay Black. Mr. Tay Black. Thank you. Um, so one point of clarification, Commissioner Uding, uh, there would be four underwriting firms involved in this transaction. We were recommending, and perhaps if I could just briefly for the benefit of the commission go over the process. Uh, each five years, the commission uh, appoints a new library of underwriters. In this case, I believe we have 10 of them that were selected about four, approximately four years ago. Uh, that will sunset August of next year. We approximately around February of next year will begin to take proposals to build a new library effective August when this library will sunset. So certainly we welcome input into that process of selecting uh, the library. Um, for this proposal, everyone in the library was offered an opportunity to submit detailed proposal of this transaction. 
Um, as I had mentioned to all of you, uh, AMT bonds, we would expect that this primarily will be purchased by institutional investors. Uh, we looked at each of the underwriters and their proposals and their past performance in these type of transactions, specifically airport bonds. Uh, our selection was somewhat weighted, uh, arguably subjective that, that these firms are all qualified to do work. Uh, what we're trying to do, and I heard some of the commission talk about it, is select a team that we hope will drive down net interest costs to the lowest possible for the taxpayers. Citigroup has issued about $9.7 billion in airport bonds over the past three years in the marketplace. Bank of America, five-point-some billion, and J.P. Morgan, a little less than $2 billion. So it, it was, you know, a, an evaluation of their detailed proposals that we recommended four firms, with Citi as the uh, senior manager, Bank of America as a co-manager, Jeffries, and Siebert, Cisneros, and Schenck uh, as co-managers. Okay. So does that answer all of your questions? Thank you. Okay. So at this time, um, I, I can see that there's no consensus to defer this item at this time. And so um, I need to know if I can get a motion on the item as it stands right now. So moved. All those in favor of that signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Okay. Let the record show that that passes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to one. Okay. Thank and just, just to sort of close on this, because I do understand um, uh, where the board wants us to go um, on, on this issue. And I think it's, it will be helpful at one of our workshops that we sit down and we talk with you about um, the process and how it's, how it's done. It may not appear that way, but there is a rotation. Um, and we just need to work through that. Um, if you're looking at it, sometimes when you rotate, it's, it's the dollar volume is, is one factor. Sometimes the dollar volume um, isn't a factor. So I just think it's, it's worth us having that conversation uh, with you so that when we develop the new program, um, we can explain how it's rotated. And if we want to change the rotation, um, then we can do that. Okay, I'm going to keep... Oh. I'm sorry, I just wanted to respond real quickly. Okay, uh, guys, I, it's 1141. I'll be 30 mm -hmm. seconds. First of all, I have the greatest respect for Mr. Tablack. I mean, I, I really do. Um, what is the process, real quickly, to have a rotation? Do we have to vote on that, or is it uh, is this something that, that we could put formally in a process? Because I know you're saying that there is, based on what I looked at, there is none. So uh, how do we put a formal process of a rotation? Is it, so is I, I, I would like to bring back to you what the current process is and if you would like to have that modified then we can modify it I okay. just um, I would caution to say that I would never recommend to you that you have a strict rotation no uh, I, I agree I think he should have a he should have a veto for, for commercial reasons we talked okay. about but there, otherwise there would be a rotation unless he believes that there's reasons why that a certain company wouldn't do it That's okay it. thank you Commissioner Geller very quickly, I, I think we all are in favor of the idea of rotation. However, as when you bring this back, I would not be supportive of anything that would cost us more just for the sake of rotating. I'm always going to be, in general, that in favor of the lower fees. And that would so be one of the reasons up, we talk. We'll work through that with you, though. 
Okay, so that disposes of item number 57. We're on to item 58. Um, it's a motion to approve final ranking of the qualified firms for request for proposal T21125888P1. This item, um, Commissioner Lamarca, you say you wanted to speak on item 58. Thank you, Mayor. I'll be I'll be brief. And, and, and although we didn't keep uh, uh, Olson Associates here, I, I do apologize that we kept uh, Ms. Sharp and Dr. Harado here for for the morning uh, part of our meeting. But uh, I'm very much in favor of this, and I just wanted to to let everyone know the work that went into that that project. I think uh, as we put that sand back on the beach. Um, I think from the environmental side of things and how we prepared for it, um, we're very lucky to have uh, companies like this uh, apply and, uh, and want to do business uh, with, a, with us on projects like this. Uh, the country has a lot of shore, shoreline and coastal, coastal areas, and we have some of the best talent here. But uh, I, wanted, I wanted to thank uh, Dr. Harado and uh, especially uh, Nicole Sharp uh, for the work on that project. We finished it. Uh, just in time for uh, for the storm, and it did its job. Uh, the dunes and all that protected the upland. Uh, but uh, really, supportive of this. And with that, I'm going to move the item and uh, thank them for staying here for a few hours. Second. All those in favor of item number 58, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Let the record show that that passes eight to zero. Okay. Uh, 56. 56. 60 and 61 was on consent. Next item is going to be item number 62. So motion to discuss and approve the joint use of the Safe Parks Land Preservation Bond Programs funds available to District 2 and District 4 to partially fund a temporary dog park within the city of Pompano Beach. There was no um, public speakers on this. Um, commissioners, do you have a motion? Uh, yes, Mayor, if I might. Um, because we're not allowed to <clears throat> have conversation out of the sunshine, this is the only place that we can have the conversation. Uh, there was a previous item that uh, there was some funds that were remaining in the safe parks bond uh, account. And basically the way it was uh, prior to uh, a couple of large projects being taken out of that fund, what was remaining was about $58,000 per commission office um, and wanted to have a brief conversation uh, or at least get Commissioner Bogan's thoughts on this because we both share the uh, cities of Pompano Beach and Deerfield Beach. Uh, I would have no way of knowing if he would want to do this or not or if he had another project in mind. Uh, this is something that we had talked about before and Alan Garcia from WWS has uh, some property in his inventory on Federal Highway at 48th Street in Pompano Beach. Uh, that would be probably equidistant for both of our, all of our residents in Deerfield and Pompano Beach, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I plan on using my funds, Commissioner Lamarca, for a park in Collier Park. Uh, I've been hearing from the community, Collier City, I mean, um, that they want a, uh, uh, there's equipment for a park for kids in Collier City that um, has been, you know, dilapidated and old, and so I plan on using my funds for that okay. in Collier City. Okay. All right, Mayor, with, with that, I guess, uh, just discussion, we can, uh, Let's remove the item. I mean, it's just between he and I. So I mean, there's nothing to talk about after that. I don't understand. I'm confused. I know he wanted to combine right. the and, money. Right, and uh, but Commissioner Bogan has something else that he'd like to do. So, so. can you do your project without his money? Uh, no. No, we'll okay. be able to do it, but we'll do something. We'll figure something else out. Okay, fine. Thank you. So would you like to 
That's fine. So we've discussed item and there's yep. nothing to vote on at this time then. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So that disposes of item number 50. We withdrawn. 62. Withdraw it. Okay. You withdraw your item? It was a discussion item, so I didn't think it needed to be. Right. So he was he discussed it. We didn't approve anything. So we're okay then, right? Or you want me to withdraw it anyway? Commissioner's withdrawn it. Okay. Withdraw it. Okay, it's withdrawn. Item 62 is withdrawn. Uh, item 63 uh, went to consent. Item 64, Commissioner Holness. Yes, this is for travel to the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, there's a large uh, agenda, and, and part of what they're looking at is transportation and, and possibly support of uh, any uh, transportation infrastructure that the uh, president uh, will put forward. So I'm, I'm attending to ensure that all voice is there and that we're connected. Okay, Commissioner LaMarca. Commissioner Holmes, because we obviously, again, because this is something we can't talk about other than here on this dais. Uh, Phil, is this a request for county funds out of? Yes. Um, okay, well, and this is in DC or? Yes. Okay, well, I, I think it is, uh, admirable that you're politically involved. Um, I think that the trips that I and certainly a lot of us have taken on behalf of Broward County, um, while they may not be our first choice of places or, or thing, places to go, um, certainly going to Washington, D.C. on behalf of Port Everglades, flood insurance uh, issues or uh, beach renourishment have been really the bulk of the things that, that I've done. And I guess, you know, I encourage you to, to, to do this travel. I'm just this is, um, you know, again, like I said, I'm, I'm happy you're doing it, but this is a political organization. It's not a political organization. It's not? No, it's not. It's, okay. The it, Congressional it, Black Caucus Foundation. Includes, is, includes Republicans. Um, actually, the so only Republican included was Alan West, and he's no longer in, in the Congress. I don't, do you, can you name a couple of Republicans? Well, I'm not making it, I'm really not making it well, political. Well, I just, well, I mean, it is a political you're, issue. You're making it political. It's not a political issue at all. Absolutely not. This is Are, not. This is this this is not Tim Scott. Yes, is he so, a member of the Black, uh, the Black Caucus from South Carolina? Every 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 elected member of Congress can actually support this or be a part of it. And and yes, Republicans have been a part of this over the years. So it's not a Republican, and there's no Republican agenda on this. No, so I, look I, at I, the agenda and see the items that are, that are being discussed. I well, I, I understand I, that. I think I should and, go and, to that. And, and, and when I attend also. I, mean, I should go to that one, not, not Dale Holness. I should be going to that. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know why you're going. And you can join me also. You guys are talking over each other. Turn off okay. your mic. Let, let, let me go ahead and say this, that when I go, I also meet with members of Congress from within our district and outside to discuss mm -hmm. issues that face, face us, like Port Everglades. Okay, we could be here all day with you two going back and forth. It's, so are you are you so, so let me let me let me just say this we have we all have a hundred outside of of office our office budget is about three hundred and sixty to three hundred seventy thousand dollars you saying that you don't have any office funds to do this it's, and my my listen I, you, most of you know how how difficult it is to work my district I need full staff and I have very limited amount of money. I'm doing Florida's International Trade and Cultural Expo. Which we've uh, helped you with. We're happy to do that. Okay, so let, let me finish. There's a budget for that, and, and I'll be coming back talking to you about that uh, also at our next meeting in terms of support for that. Uh, so, so my budget is very tight in terms of what we have because of the full amount of staff and the number of requests for calls and services that I get 
and we can pull the records and, and, and show you the difference between what we get, what I get, and many of the others of you that have more affluent districts. Uh, I'm asking for this because my budget is pretty close. Uh, again, uh, I'm willing to share with you the agenda. All of you, uh, if I may, would you pass this along, please? Uh, sure. So you can see that it's 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 there's no no political anything about this. It's about building the strength. Okay. Of so um, we need to bring this item to a close. Mm. Commissioner Holness, do you Move have a motion of item number sixty-four? Madam Mayor, I'd like to move approval of item number 64. Okay, and you have a second? I, I, okay. Okay. I'm ready. Commissioner Yudin. Um, you know, the whole process that we have with this travel in an office budget and travel in a general budget, it's all the same taxpayers' dollars. This is important for Commissioner Holness. I've seen firsthand. I, look, I don't have to toot his horn. I, I went to his event that he did the other day uh, at the mall, and we all do important mm -hmm. events on this stuff. Some of his events, they're, they're just there are some dollars that need to go out. I mean, there must have been 500 people at the Lauder Hill Mall that volunteers, and, and, and there were other people from these offices here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to support Commissioner Homeless going. If we said no, he could go this and spend the same taxpayer dollars right. out of his office account. Exactly. D.C. and Tallahassee seem to be on our approved list. I just think it, to, to waste a lot of time on this is... Okay, I, I exactly. understand the point. So you had a motion and a second. All those in favor of item 64 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that passes 8 to 0. Thank you. Okay, the next item on our agenda is item number 70, Commissioner Holness. Item number 70. Uh, I, I won't take a whole lot of time to discuss this. The document's there. Uh, this is something that we as a commission have supported over time. Mm -hmm. But what I want to do is, is, is ensure the public understand that this is an important issue for us in, in Broad County. Uh, and, and in our nation, uh, the backup will show you that it's costly for us not to uh, continue this TPS. Uh, one, in terms of the dollar cost that it would take for even our businesses here to hire, retrain folks that are in place. Uh, the, this community contributes tremendously to our GDP. Uh, they are, for this nation, the 78th largest uh, uh, trading partner uh, of all the countries in the world. For South Florida, for Broad County, Dade County, and Palm Beach, uh, they are the 26th largest trading partner with us selling over $300 million worth of goods and service to them compared to number three, China, at $6.5 in total trade, where we only sell about $500 million. So it is important uh, that we in South Florida support the extension of TPS uh, for the folks in our community who are productive, hard-working people. And with that, I move the item. Okay. Um, Commissioner Lamarca? Um, Commissioner Holmes, I'm, I, I voted for this before, and I'm supportive of this. Um, I think it's, it's important. I think the administration was supportive. I think our congressional delegation uh, on both sides in the state of Florida were all, uh, certainly, certainly the folks central to South Florida were all uh, supportive of it. I, the question I have is, um, the timing of it. So it, this says extending Hayes temporary protected status designation for 18 months beyond January 22nd, 2018. Is that when I thought 28 January 2018 is when the six month deal we did before expires? Yes. And, but but what we did last time, if you notice, we were so close in terms of the actions that we were able to do that we, we waited so long. I believe we ought to start early enough to ensure our voices are heard 
uh, as a community in support of this effort. Uh, understood. And I, so this says 18 months, so a year and a half past the first of next year. Um, and I know, again, uh, certainly folks that I follow and spend time with, uh, Congressman Corbello, uh, Senator Rubio, we're all very supportive of this. I'm supportive of it. What is the end game? What is, how, in other words, this is an issue that is temporary. How do we get this to be permanent. a permanent issue? Is it immigration reform or what? I mean, it, 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 it will take immigration reform in order okay. to make it permanent. There, there are several countries that are uh, on the TPS. But I understand. Yeah, okay. Will. Thanks. Okay, with that, Commissioner I move Holmes. the item. All those in favor of item number 70, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, let the record show that passes 8-0. All right, that concludes our agenda for today. And um, as you all know that we do not have a 12.30 meeting or uh, workshop this afternoon. I'm going to go on with the mayor's report. Yes, we do have a 5 o'clock. It's just not a 12.30 anymore. 5.01, yes. Okay, so um, I just want to uh, take a moment to say that uh, working through the last week with um, Hurricane Irma has been uh, not only challenging, but it really um, showcased the best that Broward has to offer in terms of the people that are committed in working here in Broward. We had um, our fair share of hiccups like everybody else did, but we kind of worked through them. But the planning and execution that the staff of the Emergency Operations Center and all of the 18 ESF teams that uh, got us through this hurricane, it couldn't have gone any better. Uh, we had um, an influx of need for sheltering, and even Joni Coffey walked out of our um, situation room and went to open up a pet shelter because we needed a county staff person to do that, and I want to say thank you to Joni. Uh, Monica Sapero. Bertha Henry, Alfonso Jefferson, Alan Cohn, uh, Miguel Escarance, um, uh, Mr. Sneezek, and many, many other of our department heads, Eddie Labrador, they were working feverishly and tirelessly to uh, run the departments, put out fires, get water, pots, generators to people. Um, not only that, but we had a number of people that were in need of hotel rooms, not just from power loss, but because they were stuck here because of flight cancellations, because of cruise ships not coming in on time. Um, it was just an amazing effort. If you have not had an opportunity to sit through uh, emergency operations, um, I've done this already twice with the hurricanes. And I can tell you that each time it gets even better and better. And the compliments that we received from the public were unbelievable. So I just want to say that it was um, an honor and a privilege to be there with them and to serve through this hurricane and to know that we protected Broward County's residents as best we could. And I just want to give hats off to Ms. Henry, her team of people. You guys did an amazing job. And as I said to the media, it's not me. I'm not the reason why I look good. It's them. They make us look good. They really shine. So thank you so much. And thank you to the medical team. They did a great job working with the hospitals and transporting medically complex patients. So I'm not going to go through all this other stuff I had to read except to say that um, I do have an update for you if you're interested in what's going on right now. We have 71% um, of the traffic signals are operational. 
Um, and for those of you out there who can see this, please treat non-functioning tra traffic lights as four-way stops. There are 284,800 homes still remaining without FPL power. Um, they still are working around the clock to get those back up. The number to call if you have an outage is 1-800-468-8243. There are residents that have called that said that they had power and then it went off for a time and then they had it back again. That's because they're, they're, they said they're repairing something in that particular area. So if you had power, you lost it for a few hours, you're gonna get it back. The next one is the Federal Emergency Management Team has added Broward County to the list of companies eligible for individual assistance. And so homeowners that has have damage that is documented can, can apply for FEMA funding. They can apply through disasterassistance.gov and that's disasterassistancetogether.gov um, by calling also 1-800-621-3362. Hands on Broward is continuously seeking volunteers to aid in the recovery efforts. Um, individuals who would like to serve as a volunteer can um, visit their website, I mean, visit Andrews Avenue Center at 5815 North Andrews, and that's not Avenue, it's Andrews Way. That was correct, corrected during one of my press conferences. We need to correct this. We need to correct this press conference. The address is 5815 North Andrews Way. Fort Lauderdale from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, the community services update. All Broward County courts will be open on Monday, September the 18th. There are two additional water points of distribution that will be open on Thursday. Central Broward Regional Park and Stadium in Commissioner Holness District, 3700 Northwest 11th Place in Lauder Hill. And Quiet Waters Park, 401 South Powerline Road in Deerfield Beach. All county regional pods will be open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and we'll have water and when available meals ready to eat and ice. Resident and residents and businesses are urged to stay connected for updates. Our county emergency hotline is 311 uh, or you can dial 954-831-4000. Um, other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at Twitter at Ready Broward, Facebook at Facebook at Broward EMD or subscribe to the Alert Broward text messaging system. Um, with that, commissioners, I'll go around for commission reports. Um, Commissioner Geller. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I would like to add my uh, congratulations to the administration for the work they did. Uh, I was over at the EOC a number of times and saw the uh, tremendous amount of work being done. Um, I have today sent out an email on my mailing list, which I compiled from a number of sources with a lot of very good uh, information on what to do for small business recovery, for other recovery, and I have no objection if everybody, anybody here would like to plagiarize. Um, so uh, if anybody would like, I think you all may be on my mailing list, but if not, it took a while to assemble all this information. Anybody that would like to get a copy, you know, we're happy to I mean, give it to you and let you use it. And uh, that's about it. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Yes, Commissioner Holness. Thank you. We, we also sent something out uh, from our office, and uh, I'll be happy to see what additional information we can include in our next update uh, to, to the community. Uh, my, 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 my thanks also to everyone who works so well together. You know, disasters and, and, and difficult times bring the best out in most people. And, and I think that that's evident. 
uh, and what we did here in Broward County to meet this uh, disaster that occurred. And I, I can see that we have basically fine-tuned over time, uh, Ms. Henry, and uh, it, it, it is uh, with uh, great gratitude from the community uh, that I, I say thank you to you and, and the staff and to all, to all those who, who really chipped in and stepped up in order to, uh, to ensure that we, we are providing for all. And I know that not everyone uh, is going to be happy or pleased. I, I, I do have one person that emails and calls. and uh, we, we all have uh, someone like that in our districts, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, thanks also for uh, ensuring that we have a distribution point in Central County at uh, our regional park. Uh, I think the people in that community with uh, pretty low income uh, will be grateful for us doing this. For me, I actually left before the storm came and, and it was painful, uh, but I had uh, already engaged prior to going to Columbia to support Florida's International Trade and Cultural Expo, I had a meeting at the U.S. Embassy and, and a bunch of others that were very supportive of us. Columbia being our second tra uh, largest trading partner with $7.2 billion annually, it's important that we engage them. And I'll tell you uh, this, that uh, as a result of the trip, I learned that uh, when we started on this route, uh, first with an inbound and an outbound mission in, in December 2012, and, and thanks to the commission, then they actually sent me on that trip. We had a company that is today importing through Port Everglades 48 uh, containers per month as a result of that, starting with zero. They are now at 48 containers per month. That provides jobs and opportunity for us. Also, there are others that are importing even to Chicago through Port Everglades and commented on how well our system works that they were able to get uh, a container of, of uh, limes from it reached Port Everglades to Chicago within one day. So that, that tells folks that we are the place to really do business. So Florida is a, is a powerful place. So I'll be coming back to you at our next meeting to discuss further update and FITSI on, and on this trip with, for some support, and I thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I think a lot of folks have probably heard me have some pretty opinionated things to say about uh, the island nation to the south of us for the way they treat their people, but uh, my heart goes out to the the battering that they took uh, in, in the island of Cuba, but um, you know, but for Cuba, we would have had uh, the storm that Russell Rand talks about all the time. We would have had a Category Five uh, hitting Key West, and there's there you're going to hear a lot more of uh, things that are that happened in the Keys. Um, if some of the direct uh, responses I had from people who have places down there and communicated with folks, because there's very little communication. Um, this storm may prove to be uh, quite devastating from a uh, loss of life uh, perspective, and I hope that's not the case. Um, but that being said, um, you know, I, I want to I want to thank the administration. I, I think, Bertha, I only probably called you once about the ice issue, the pod issue, but um, uh, Monica and, and uh, occasionally Alfonso and some of your other uh, Gretchen and Marty and other folks got a, quite a few phone calls, and I figured it was best to let you do what you were doing. And uh, you, you, to commend you, but uh, uh, both ways, 
the folks that you have uh, from an assistant, your, your whole team um, does a fantastic job. Um, yeah, it just it, the things that we were dealing with, uh, Miguel, I was on all those municipality calls and you know, there's, there's 31 different opinions a lot of times on issues and then even within a municipality, no matter how small or large it is, you've got emergency uh, you know, first responders, emergency operations, and public works, and all that, and then uh, multiply that times 31. It's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, I want to uh, let everyone know that uh, Mabel, who is uh, at a maternity leave, uh, had her child, and they were, they were safe. I think they went from Miami to Plantation. Um, I want to thank, uh, personally, want to thank uh, Mary Pride, who uh, has taken quite a few emails and phone calls, whether her uh, whether she wants me to let you know or not, she had a tree fall on her roof, so she has roof damage and a tree tree damage, and she's been dealing with that back and forth uh, and the communication issues we've all had. So I want to thank her for her hard work. Um, I know that all nine commission offices have probably been identified, maybe not first call, but after they don't get what they, uh, the residents don't get the response they want from FPL, they probably call their city commissioner, their county commissioner, and whomever will will give them the right answer, but unfortunately, uh, we don't have that control. Uh, I mentioned uh, the, the, the mess, but the, uh, thankfully the, uh, the recoverable area at the beach, I, I went on uh, Monday to get a Port Everglades briefing with, uh, with uh, the mayor. Uh, those folks there, Coast Guard, Broward Sheriff's Office, uh, our security uh, folks at uh, Port Everglades, Glenn Wiltshire and Steve Cernak, they all did a great job. Uh, we were there Monday at before noon. We had three uh, cruise ships coming in that were delayed by two days, and they had 12,000 people. They, they popped them right into uh, 18, 19, and 20, and uh, they were off to go fill hotel rooms, thank God. Um, so the port was open. They also had three very large uh, petroleum, uh, car, uh, petroleum vessels come in and, and continue to bring that fuel. Uh, our sheriff's office has done an amazing job along with the Florida Highway Patrol and our other municipal first responders to get, uh, to keep people safe, to get things clean up, but, but also to get fuel to gas stations. Um, our airport, uh, be remiss, was on a couple of those calls. Uh, they were back up uh, Tuesday, was it Tuesday or Monday morning at 4 a.m., Tuesday morning, I guess. Um, unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're working with, uh, they're, they all had some issues, whether it was the guiding, guidance system coming to Port Everglades and a loss of some other things, as well as some water issues on one of the runways. They worked around it. They've worked with folks. Um, I was getting calls into the night before the storm of folks that were trying to get on that last JetBlue flight or whatever it would have been, and they, they got them out of here, and, uh, and they're to be commended, the folks at the airport. Um, probably the, one of the unsung heroes of, of our economic side of things and, and pulling it together are the folks at the CBB. They've already got most, if not all, hotels back up to full operation. A little bit of damage, but at the same time, a lot of folks are living in hotels. Right, Mayor? Yeah. <laughs> uh, with those issues. So it, clear, clearly uh, that's, that's great to have such, a, such an uh, excellent organization there. Uh, and finally, uh, if your power is not on at your house, this isn't going to be easy for you to hear, but Florida Power and Light has gone from 89% of our homes to have no power out of 933,300 homes to about 28% uh, of them without power. So they're doing an amazing job. Wilma was two or three weeks in some places. Um, they've spent billions in hardening the area. Obviously, we probably on the coastal areas need to have a long, long hard conversation about underground lines mm -hmm. like they have uh, in the planned communities out west. 
Um, but they're doing a great job with that. And then uh, my final thank you is to our biggest airport partner, uh, JetBlue, uh, for hosting uh, out at the BB&T Center uh, food trucks for folks yesterday for lunch and dinner. And to our friends at the BB&T Center, um, the Panthers Foundation has committed a million dollars in hurricane relief right here in Broward County. And they hosted uh, those food trucks yesterday. And you know, there's, a, there's always a good story in the, in the paper on TV about uh, maybe what a, a sports franchise gets uh, in, the, in the area of us fixing our own building and that type of thing. But at the end of the day, when they step up to that level, it's, uh, it, that says a lot about being a good community partner. So uh, we'll get, we got through this, and we're going to have to get through whatever else comes our way. Vice Mayor Fur. Thank you. Uh, well, it, it felt like a little return to normalcy just walking in here today. Yeah. But I know it's not normal out. I know it's not normal out there right now, and there's nothing like a hurricane to put everything in perspective. You know, I know when I was putting my family photos in the washing machine, you know, to save them, and it's like, this is it. You know, because it's just kind of amazing all that stuff. I didn't turn on the machine. I didn't turn on the machine. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I'm just going to echo some of the same comments. Um, when I watched, when I went to the EOC and had a chance to see our, our team at its best and looking a little haggard, you know, after three or four days of everybody there, but they just were doing, you guys did an outstanding job. No two ways about it. Um, what I, the things I didn't know were, were, were what kind of um, amazed me. What, and I don't think a lot of the public knows that those people that were, you know, managing the shelters were our, either our, our librarians mm -hmm. or our park managers. Yeah. The, that, those were the people that were, yeah. you know, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, everybody took, everybody, on a did. everybody took on a second job. And what the other mm -hmm. th thing I didn't know is how that all, all of our, well, not all, but most of our employees were cross-trained to go in there and take those calls and, you know, be able to steer things. I, those, those, those were amazing to, you know, see somebody that, is normally doing something entirely different, taking calls, boom, 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 and knocking it out. And they knocked it out of the park. They did a great job. So that was that was pretty amazing. I went to a couple of shelters, and it wasn't just our, it wasn't just you know it wasn't just Broward County. It was also school board. It was cities. Uh, I, I know I went into one of the uh, cafeterias at the special needs shelter. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. You had the school ladies who it was their cafeteria, and she said. I'm staying here. I'm going to cook for everybody. I'm not leaving until it's all done. And, and, you know, she'd been there for 30 years, 40 years. This is my cafeteria, you know. And it was like, okay, you go get them. And those kind of stories were pretty amazing. But it was also people, people helping everybody everywhere. I mean, I watched one neighborhood where you had a whole neighborhood pushing a tree off the street just so everybody could get by. I watched last night over at Century Village, Hundreds of volunteers, hundreds, trying to get food and water to 15,000 people. All teamed up. Everybody took teams, 11 teams, hit, knocked on every single door in a couple hours. Those kind of stories are, you know, that's Broward at its best. Just good. Um, I do, I do want, also, Kimberly, I want to thank you for all, all, all the public information getting out. I know you wrote everything, and it went through about 40 edits. You know, before before it got out, but uh, great job on that. That because I think all of us were taking your, you know, what you had to give us, and we were putting it out as fast as we could. 
and helping everybody stay informed. So uh, the whole public information office did a great job. Um, I do want to let everybody know that Hollywood has lifted boil water alert finally, yeah. uh, just just a few minutes ago. Okay. Um, so that that has been an issue, and and Pembroke Pines in my district had a, had had a boil water, and I know uh, Dan and everybody helped get a lot of water out there yesterday in distribution, so that was great. Uh, I am obviously ex uh, saddened by what happened in Hollywood. I think we all are. Um, at the nursing home, and I think all of us are going to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen again. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we still got a lot of work to go. You know, I know. You know, there's a lot of a lot of places don't have power, but we will get through this. And I want to say, Barbara, you did a great job. Oh, you know, thank I watched you. You were very, very cool under pressure. <laughs> and there was a lot of pressure there, What's but you were there the whole time. And, uh, and help get us through, so great job. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Okay, Commissioner Bolgan. Uh, as I said earlier, um, thank you, Bertha. You and your staff, thank you. Um, Commissioner, for, as you said about Hollywood, make sure it doesn't happen again. I think hopefully we will talk about something in the future. And while Commissioner Marcus said how FPNL did an amazing job, I think there's a, big hole with FPNL. And the problem with FPNL is we need to, they need to identify the most vulnerable in this county, which are seniors who are disabled in nursing homes. I've had uh, several nursing homes, uh, two specifically that had seniors living at 90 degrees and more, probably like Hollywood, asking for electricity, asking. And while I called Juliet, the lady from FPNL, very helpful, nice lady, but she couldn't give me an answer. She didn't know when they were gonna be there. She had no knowledge. And I think we need to be able to somehow have a plan where we can talk to a decision maker at FPL for, and I, I was also told that state law says that uh, nursing homes are not a number one priority. They're not. They're, pardon me? They're not according They're not. to that. So I, I think the, the thing to make sure that this doesn't happen again is we need to identify our most vulnerable and make sure we have a plan, with FPNL has a plan, to, uh, to do something. Otherwise, it's gonna happen again. And um, so I, I hope that to... maybe we can do something to meet with them or... Yeah. So you had asked us that, and Bertha and I both went into a meeting with FPL and expressed that same Juliet, sentiment. With yes. right? And her boss is from, um, from uh, the, I don't know the, the lady's name, Pam. but her boss was there Pam as well. Um, who? Pam Rauch. Pam Roush, yes. I'll give you another one. We also asked our senators, our congressmen, and our state legislators to ask the um, Agency for Healthcare Administration and the governor's office if they could mandate that these facilities like ALFs and nursing homes have generators that power the whole facility because right now what it, where, the way it stands is they only have to have generators for lights and emergency lights in the hallway and that's part of the reason why people had to be transported as well because they weren't functioning the generators weren't functioning for the whole facility so it's a, a, a lot that goes into it I know but I I just want to say that I echo your sentiments I thought that the senior citizen communities that had large population should have been escalated on the list yeah, as well I mean, 
Yeah, no, I mean, it was my, just to finish, and you know, so when I called Juliet, I mean, she said, yeah, I'm gonna put it in, but it could be tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and, and you got these seniors who are, uh, you know, sitting there in 90 degrees, and um, so hopefully, uh, you know, I was gonna do something, I'm gonna bring up something in the future, maybe yeah. some task force, where we can kind of identify and figure out how we can uh, solve those problems, but um, that's well, basic. It rises to the top of our legislative priorities very quickly. Right. Well, not only just Tallahassee, we could yeah. do something here, I think. We should be able to do something here. About well, the reason why that's kind of, we need them is because the, the Agency for Healthcare Administration is the one that um, controls the, the ALFs and the senior um, facilities. And so you have to go through them to get the changes made permanently. So ACA gives the licenses for these facilities. So we have to ask right, the state right. To help us to change those rules, and so that's why we were asking. We asked Senator Book, um, Senator um, Farmer, and then um, State Representative um, Chevron Jones was there as well. So, and then Congressman Ted Deutsch and Congressman Elsie Hastings, they both and 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 yeah. So they all were calling in, saying, "What do you want us to do?" So we did tell them. So hopefully we'll get some movement. But thank right. you, Commissioner Bogan, for bringing yeah. that up. And, um, and Commissioner Rich, she yeah. brought it up as well. Commissioner Bogan, you got uh, something else? Mayor, if I, just uh, something on with Commissioner Bogan, I know that it's uh, Commissioner Rich's turn, but I spent 28 years in construction, about 15 years in power generation. And r regulations and what we can and can't do, is gonna, it's gonna take Tallahassee, as you said, but Commissioner Bogan's concern, and we all have concerns about FPNL being able to give us answers, but. A lot of these places are private. A lot of these places take uh, cost families and, and people that are in them a great deal of money. And even the ones that are public are very expensive to run. Mm -hmm. It's really incumbent upon someone who's gonna run a business to run it properly. And, and to run a business to just have the stairwell lights or the elevator or the, a few emergency lights on and hopefully uh, critical care equipment like at Broward Children's Center, they had generators for all that, but they didn't have it for, for air conditioning like a lot of the senior centers and or nursing homes and that's really their business. And so, I mean, that's, I think that starts at Tallahassee, but um, look, there's, there's a lot of folks out there that can, can make that happen, but you know, we, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens with the one in Hollywood. It might be an issue. Look, you're talking about being responsible. Obviously, people stay in areas they shouldn't, and there's emergency services needed, uh, you know, but once we realize people are vulnerable and in need, we need to have a way to make sure they get assistance, and then we can hold that owner of that business responsible later. But in, you know what I mean? <laughs> but in the middle of something, you know, and uh, that's all, you know. But uh, thank God we have, you know, we had a great, uh, the county staff working great. So, anyway. Commissioner Rich. Thank you. Um, well, lots been said, but uh, I want to uh, first thank uh, Bertha and our staff, our incredible staff. I have to tell you, between I think Bertha and Monica and Alfonso, I mean, I was on speed dial. Uh, we had a lot of <laughs> we had a lot of issues, um, and uh, there was just so much response back and you know willingness to listen. Um, I want to say that Miguel, the the municipal calls were very important. I thought I mm -hmm. was on so many of them because you yeah. really got to hear what, was, what were the concerns all over the community, because pretty much if it was one place, it was another place. Um, and um, uh, I wanna thank last night, there was a big issue with uh, the Sunrise Health and Rehabilitation Center, 
And um, uh, after I spoke with um, Alfonso, and then Alan came in, Cohn, and, and, uh, and the people in Sunrise were amazing, the fire chief, John McNamara, and they you know, got generators and had to rebuild cables and were there until one, two in the morning. I mean, people just really pulled together. It was uh, just an amazing thing. And I'm, especially Monica, I want to thank. We, we needed a, an, another shelter in Weston. The one at Falcon Cove was just you know, uh, bursting. And uh, we were able to get another one open. So we just were on the phone back and forth. And again, an example, uh, as you said, Vice Mayor of the, the cafeteria, worker from another school was there making the food. Uh, I think the school board did an outstanding, the school system did an outstanding job, um, you know, with all the shelters that uh, were, at, were at the schools. Um, and um, Mayor Sharif, I want to say you were a wonderful face to the community. Thank um, you. Just thank you for that. Um, no, I, uh, I want to just say um, to Commissioner Lamarca, you know what, some of these are, that we're dealing with are not private. Uh, the two in at 5010-5020 Knob Hill Road are HUD, and HUD needs to take some responsibility here too. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with the federal issues. I think there's a lot. There, there are a lot of lessons that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna learn, uh, uh, you know, from this. But I guess for me, uh, Florida Power and Light. Certainly, the workers out there are amazing. I mean, you know, getting all this back. But I have to say that there are some issues with priorities. Um, and I think Florida Power and Light is trying to kind of shift some, some blame somewhere else right now about how the priorities are established. And I wasn't here. I don't know how they were established. I know some are required, and rightfully so, public safety hospitals. But I truly believe that our vulnerable, frail, elderly need to come next. Uh, they are defenseless, as we have seen. I said, I think I said it to Bertha, the last thing I want to see here are people, elderly, in wheelchairs with water up to their waists. Mm -hmm. Well, we saw something a lot worse. I wish that I saw them in that way instead of you know how we ended up in in in, in one instance. So I think there's a lot you know obviously that we need to look at and you know for the future. But um, I think one of the things I want to say that hasn't been mentioned is the people themselves were amazing. Uh, when we had people turned away at a shelter in in uh, at Falcon Cove. And they were waiting and waiting, and then they were turned away, and then they had to go to Everglades Elementary, and they stood in line. They were just so appreciative that they were going to have a place to go where they would be safe with their families. They came with three, two, three, four children. Two of them had birthdays. One family had a child, three-year-old, whose birthday it was, one a four-year-old. And that homeless also took in 26 homeless people that had been traveling around our county on a county bus that couldn't find a, a shelter to go to. So. You know, shelters are for everybody in our community, uh, no matter where they're located. And I, I think really, you know, I think we did an outstanding job. And uh, again, just kudos to the entire staff for all their incredible effort. And um, sorry you couldn't take a vacation yet, but you know, soon. Thank you. Commissioner Yudin. Most of what I was going to say has already been said, so I'm not gonna repeat everything. I don't wanna specifically uh, thank our senior staff. They were amazing and they, they receive all the kudos, but please, please express the thanks to the lower level line worker, the hourly employee for Broward County, who in the middle of this scary situation is out driving a bus in this. Um, you know, those really are the heroes. We, we all did an amazing job. You know, even, even the fourth floor aides here, I, I mean, it didn't even really matter whose office they worked for. 
I picked up the phone and called a lot of your aides during this if I had something going on, and I'm sure everybody was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And the management team, I mean, you guys, Alfon you guys were machines in there, but it's really the people that were on the, on the ground that I think really deserve, and they're the ones that are gonna get us out of this. It's the, it's the, you know, the public works guy that's out in the field or gal that's out in the field that are gonna, gonna do this. Um, as to the, the future, um, I think that it's important that we stress to FPL the difference between a senior community mm -hmm. and an at-risk senior community, and both of them need to get on that priority list. Because I think what we're seeing in our districts is obviously everyone believes a nursing home or someone who's frail and at-risk needs to be on whatever priority list. But then you go down to some of these senior communities, Kings Points, uh, Sunrise Lakes, Century Village and whatnot, they're, they're not, they're, they're frail, but they're not to that level, but they still need to be on that priority list. So I, you, while we're dealing with life safety and everything now, I think the county has done an amazing job. I was on the other side during Wilma as a municipal official uh, participating in those calls. And let me tell you, there is no comparison how this was handled versus how that was handled. And when we do get the after action report on this, which I'm sure you're gonna distribute, I would request if you could include the same after action report after Wilma in that package just so we can take a quick glance at it because I think we're gonna see objective measures showing, it, even with power, I get it, if you still ha don't have power, you're ticked off. But we're gonna see probably a three to four week, you know, multiple day difference in different areas as to how quickly the power got turned on. And, and I think it's important that we have the, what happened last go round versus what happened this go round. I think we're gonna see that with debris removal, which was a big issue. I know the county now is gonna have to be all over that with FEMA, because all our districts are gonna start getting calls because FEMA, if they're not gonna cover this disposal, we have other issues that we're gonna have to deal with. So I wanna thank my own personal office staff who was really a lot in the field and uh, the mayor, I thought you did a, a commendable, good job as the face of the county, Thank getting you. information out there. Kim was awesome getting <laughs> stuff that we could then push out as quickly as possible. And I also have to say, it was my first time really being in the EOC during a storm. They take a lot of hits, but I gotta give a little bit of a shout out to the media who I saw walking mm -hmm. in there with sleeping bags, yep. staying there. The Larry was yeah. there. Yeah, Anthony. They did have air conditioning, but he didn't look too happy. <laughs> yeah. in I, I just think that it's important because that's what people want. They want the information. So those are my comments. We got many, many compliments on the communications portion of it from the media. Let me just add something if I could. And, and I don't want my, my good friend on my far right over here to, to get the wrong idea. Um, I, I got a call from uh, Marty Cassini on... Sunday. The storm was actually not even really here yet. And it was identified that the governor, um, who my good friend, uh, Representative Chevron Jones, uh, who had a great tweet yesterday, say, listen, politics aside, we, you know, he got on this thing. The initial declaration had a piece missing because if you looked at all the all of the maps where the surge was supposed to hit and all that, it went from Hillsborough around the Keys to Miami-Dade. Didn't include Broward, didn't include Palm Beach at that time. Although we were going to get hit. We knew that the worst part of the storm other than the eye was that top right. Um, Marty asked me, you know, how, how can you call Washington? So 
just FYI, I don't have a direct line to anyone in Washington other than our representatives and our senators, but uh, what we ended up doing is Congressman Deutsch and I were able to, what it was was a, uh, the request from the governor was not inclusive of Broward and Palm Beach, as well as all the way up to Clay. And Craig Carbone, the governor's uh, assistant or deputy chief of staff was, was critical. Christina Diaz, the governor's federal legislative person, uh, was, was very important and some other folks helped. But Congressman Deutsch and I were back and forth on the phone before the storm was really even done. And the governor's office uh, put that request in. Uh, the administration got that uh, revised and back to us. And you know, it, it just shows that look, we're all in the same boat together. We don't have the opportunity to have a conversation or debate issues or ideology if we're buried or we're in a situation where our communities uh, communities under under attack from something like this. So, um, I want to thank the congressman and uh, the governor's uh, the governor's executive office and and uh, obviously the White House for getting us in that. That was for in, uh, individual resources under that declaration. So, appreciate them getting that done. Thank you, Ms. Henry. Yes. Um, uh, I, I just wanted to say I had Congressman Deutsch's name written down here because I was also a part of that, and he was amazing. Uh, so he just really deserves a lot of credit for uh, very early on getting involved in this. And I want to tell you one other thing. When he called me back to say that it was done, he says, and I haven't forgotten, he says, I'm working on your other issue next week. And the, uh, this wish, this, the issue is the reauthorization of the CHIP program, the Child Health Insurance Program, which sunsets September 30th. So we must get that reauthorized. So anybody okay. who can put out anything, call anybody, please do that because that's eight plus million children in the United States that will lose their health care if that is not reauthorized September 30th. But okay. he's on it and thank ho you. hopefully lots of other people are as well. All thank right. you. Ms. Henry? So I want to thank all of you for your comments. Um, we're feeling a little, um, right now, we're not there yet. We still have people in, in our special needs ch um, shelters. We're still dealing with some heat issues because we, obviously there's still about 28% of the population without um, power. Um, and I think everybody stood tall and they did what they had to do and, and will continue to do that. I think the, the, the one time that I saw a break in the, in the armor was when those, those residents died. I mean, as, as much work as we had done and as much time as we've spent on the phone, we sent fuel. We did everything to help these senders whenever they um, reached out to us. So to have a situation where um, several of our residents um, died because something um, was done, um, and I and I certainly that each of these um, facilities have a plan um, that involve a lot of things occurring including reaching out to us um, when they have that, and we reach out to them. But um, this is one that failed. I don't, uh, I don't feel good about it. I do feel that um, had we known, that would not have happened. Those people would not have died under those circumstances. And so there's a lot that will come as a result of the after action. Everybody's stepped up. Um, when we talk about um, um, public communications, if I don't mention Margaret's name, I, mm -hmm. I would feel, I mean, because yeah. she Margaret. pumped it out to get it out because Margaret this is just, it was just constant. You know, they, they never go home. And Rick. Um, they just work themselves, um, quite frankly, um, until 
we start kicking them out. Okay, it's time to go take a break. But um, there were a lot of people in a lot of companies that stepped up. They reached out to us, and I and and we certainly want to thank them appropriately. American Express, um, and this just as you as you mentioned the the Panthers, but there were so many that really stepped up. Um, so we will. Um, uh, bring um, that after-action report and then ask uh, for uh, some special uh, acknowledgement of, of those that sort of went above and beyond. But thank you. And, and as it relates to the IA, um, it's interesting. I heard from pretty much, well, most of the members of our congressional delegation, they were calling, what can we do? So there was a pressure applied everywhere, uh, not to mention you all. As soon as we sent that information out to you, you were on it. The phone call started calling and, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, and, and our residents, at, at some point when, they're, when they fully have an appreciation of the damage that they um, have experienced and, and what you all did to help them uh, recover uh, economically, I think you'll, um, they'll be quite surprised and, and appreciative. But anyway, we'll be circling back with you. Um, at an appropriate time. Thank you. County Attorney? I won't be long, Mayor, but I have to say how humbled I was to work with the senior management staff here and with, um, and I know this was replicated dozens of times in our shelters, but I want to give a quick shout out to Claudio from Records Tax and Treasury who actually managed a late opening shelter and Stephanie, the Assistant Director of Animal Services, because it was a pet shelter that needed to be opened on an emergency basis. They opened at 7 and not at night. And not only did we get a lot of Broward County and Keys residents and people who um, are homeless, but we got the people who didn't make the last flights mm -hmm. out of FLL. And so we got people literally from Russia, Vietnam, <laughs> Ecuador, Eastern Europe, Canada, Europe, and all over the United States, it and you know they were just as um, Senator Rich said, they were quiet. They had waited. Some had gone to other shelters and waited hours, and they were just great. The BSO deputies who were there, the fire rescue folks, the transit folks. It was an amazing experience, mm -hmm. both at the EOC and at this shelter, and I'm sure at every other shelter as well. So, I'm very proud. I always tell this staff. Do what you need to do. We'll clean up the legal stuff later. <laughs> but I really do have to give a shout out to Mark Journey, who went yeah. into lockdown, yes, um, to Scott Andron, who took a midnight to 8 a.m. shift, and of course to Drew, who was just yes. there, you know, hour <laughs> after hour after hour, and who still, as of last check, had no electricity. Right. Um, so um, I just want to tell you how proud I am to have served in this this trying experience, and, and we'll be there for you in the. Uh, in the follow-up when the legal issues start to arise. Thank you. Thank you. With that, um, County Auditor, do you have any comments? Uh, yes, it's, uh, it was so great for me to see the best come out in everybody, and it made me very humble and proud also to be part of such a great community. Thank you. With that, um, it's now 1237, and this meeting is adjourned.